Welcome to Life on the Illinois Prairie. Your host is Wendy Fleming Dexter, and after 30 years living in small town Illinois, she has stories to tell. Past cornfields and factories, into the heart of Amish country. There's more here than what meets the eye, far beyond what you think you know. So buckle up and stay tuned. This is Life on the Illinois Prairie. Hi, and welcome to Life on the Illinois Prairie. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter, and I want to welcome today a guest I'm so excited to have. He doesn't live too far from here. I'd like to welcome Pat Monahan. Pat, thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Well, thank you, Wendy. It's a pleasure to be on here, and nice to meet you and have this opportunity. Well, it's 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 my pleasure for sure. I know you have a history that's deeply rooted in Arcola, and you've definitely left a big footprint there. So, would you like to give a little history about your about your life and um, what got you to where you are today? I know that that take up a lot of time, but uh, it's a little synopsis of it. <laughs> Start the clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I was born here in Arcola. In fact, I lived in the house that I grew up in. Um, I have three brothers, and so uh, I always say we could have used a sister because we had to do dishes and clear <laughs> tables and stuff, So, but that's kind of considered a sexist remark. So <laughs> I try to avoid those now. Uh, so uh, high, We have a small high school, but we had great success. Uh, you know, everyone gets the, the advantage of a small high school is you get to try a lot of different things, and so I was like yearbook guy and newspaper guy and theater guy and basketball play and football play. And so I had a wide uh, bunch of experience. And of course, also with small schools and small towns, really everyone in your class is your buddy. So, and we had 32 in my graduating class from Arcola in 1958. Mm -hmm. And we had great success in our basketball team. We finished 27-3 and we went to the Sweet 16 back when there was only one class of basketball in Illinois. And from high school, I, I went on to Notre Dame where my father had gone. Three brothers ended up going. Uh, I took chemical engineering, which probably wasn't the smartest thing I ever did because <laughs> it was pretty tough. So after I graduated, I decided I had to get a degree in business because that's more what I was interested in. My father, really my grandfather, started a broomcorn brokerage firm, the uh, Thomas Monahan Company, in 1922. Um, and my father ran it, and he, uh, my older brother, after he got out of school, uh, he started working there. Well, when I got out of school, in business school, I wanted to uh, learn about computers, so I went to work. Eventually, after a year out in um, New Albuquerque, New Mexico, I worked for IBM for about five years, and then I got hired in Decatur to run their computer data center, which was a great experience and met a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my father, unfortunately, passed away in 1979, you know, pretty young, early 69. So I did come back with uh, two of my brothers who were working here at the time, so... I was the third brother to come, and the third, the last guy in always gets the jobs 
that no one else wants. So I did that for a while. And then I separated out kind of a supply part of the business. We sold broom corn. We uh, finished wood handles. We got into making metal handles. Those are all different divisions. But uh, what I started doing was importing parts from China and uh, assembling them onto fiberglass handles. And that's still the business we're in. Uh, 13 years ago, I spun off the division I was in charge of uh, and formed Monaghan Partners. And my son, Kevin, uh, runs that business now, and I'm the ambassador. So, you know, anytime an ambassador is needed, I get called on. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it has been very fun business working with my brothers and working with my son and some of my brother Tim's sons work in his business also. So mm. it's still a family business and people still, my brothers all still have a home here and uh, and we love the community. We've been here a long time. <laughs> Other than a stint in Albuquerque in Chicago, I've been our cola guy. And once you get in a community, then especially when you first move here, they say, ah, oh, new blood, let's get this guy some jobs to do. So <laughs> I got on the school board for 12 years and school board president for probably eight of those. And then I was chamber president, uh, president and both those were very rewarding experiences. Uh, and also uh, then I got appointed economic development chairman. So uh, well, that's where... Uh, decided we could use a uh, industrial park, so and a TIF district. So I, I actually end up writing the application for the TIF district, and then finding who owned uh, some sixty acres near Arcola that was perfect for industrial park, and mm-hmm. helping the Arcola Foundation buy that land, and uh, we started parceling out. It was it was a good time because we never advertised or tried to sell go out to show what we had. We had people come to us to say, hey, we're looking for, you know, two acres to put a business in. So we were very lucky. And and I must reiterate all the things that maybe I've had a part of. None of it was ever done alone, always with some help from this great community. Mm. And so really that 60 acres has been full now for uh, probably 10 years. And the Biggest company out there is Collegiate Cap and Gown, has about 250, 300 seasonal, probably 300 employees. So uh, we have a, had a uh, really the 60 acres is full now. So we got uh, plenty of jobs, maybe 500 jobs out there now. Wow. Total. So I was real pleased with that. And then for fun, we get the Broom Corn Festival. I started a beer tent. Uh, but it w- wasn't particularly successful, and so I took run the beer tent over just kind of for fun and end up running it for 25 years. <laughs> and uh, it became a festival, and within a festival, I always wanted people to come to Arcola and have a good time. And we had huge crowds. We had the same Captain Rat and the Blind Rivets and Jim Easter and the Artistics, I'm sure. Many of your listeners will know those two bands, but basically we had those almost one Friday night and one Saturday night for the most of the 25 years. So the <laughs> uh, same crowd came back. That's also 
Uh, we look at also not ever doing this. We started uh, deciding we needed to be in the parade. We'd watch the parade and, and uh, you know, heckle people in the parade. And we decided we should be in the parade. <laughs> so some friends of mine and I, we took an inventory of what talents we had and pretty much came up with, well, maybe we could push mowers. <laughs> so that's what we ended up starting <laughs> with. And then we added twirling brooms. Uh, later, and it became a Clayton Moore was um, the first was the Grand Marshal uh, in Arcola that year. So we called ourselves the Lawn Rangers, and that was forty three years ago. So, kind of our motto is never have so many done so much with so little for so long. I mean, there are other parody groups country but they don't last 40 years they don't go to the holiday bowl fiesta bowl state fair canton football uh, hall of fame parade indianapolis 500 parade <laughs> detroit thanksgiving day parade benton harbor one thing i did found out i find out the first road trip we went to was benton harbor michigan where a good arcola guy was the budweiser distributor there and because of that appearance uh, these parades have scouts. They send scouts out to view other parades. And so we got scouted there, and that's how we got to the Detroit Thanksgiving Day Parade. And uh, one of the, we used to do the Chicago uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade every year, too. In fact, that's where we met Barack Obama. He was just running for the, the U.S. Senate at the time, and he and Michelle were in the line uh, near us, forming up near us to march in the parade. And uh, right away, we knew Obama was destined for great mm -hmm. things because the person that leads our group has a plunger. Well, he took the plunger right away, and we have a picture <laughs> of him holding the plunger up. Uh, and the other thing is smart because he kept Michelle away from us. So there were two smart things that knew we could make some of himself. Oh, my. In fact, when we did march in Chicago, picture of us marching down the uh, parade route toward the end of it. And uh, you see uh, Barack talking to Michelle. And I think he's saying, You see, Michelle, if he'd let me join those guys when I could have, <laughs> I could have made something of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Pat. Oh, my goodness. How fun. How fun. You've just well, we've been doing that for a long time. And I pretty much I go to the warm-ups, but I don't really march anymore. And But we got plenty. We probably have 80 to 100 rangers at the next Broomcorn Festival. Uh, it's so much fun, and the guys get together and just enjoy themselves. So it's all good. As a vendor along that parade route, that's the highlight of my my weekend at Broomcorn Festival. As a vendor, because I'm right along, uh, right off of Pine Street, and I uh, right off of Maine, and I can see I can see everybody, and I can walk up there, and it's just the 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 energy that is generated when the Lawn Rangers come along is just like nothing else. It's uh, it's they're a sight to behold, and what they do for the community. Are you, I think you're the one that has that. You had such a long line of people in front of your booth. Was that a, was that a kissing booth that you were offering or what was? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was me. <laughs> it was a long line. <laughs> if only. <laughs>
Oh my! So and you uh, see, you, we we mentioned a little bit earlier about the hippie memorial. What what? Uh, how how did that come about? Being in Arcola, I know that that's part of um, that, and also the um, saving of the depot and Raggedy Ann and Andy. Is could you combine? Uh, tell a little about those those three aspects of amazing Arcola, which is also part of your yeah. Well. Uh... A good friend of mine created the Hippie Memorial, and he owned a, a property on Main Street on the other, on the west side of Main Street. And he would put up, uh, he would draw different posters, uh, art, uh, but mostly political criticism. Uh, he, he didn't really fit in with the basically conservative area we're in, but he always was such, so well-liked and so clever that he was well well tolerated and well loved and one of his uh, things in his later years he created the hippie memorial and as you if you see it you'll see there's a uh, like a, a long string there's one foot for each year of his life there's a long string of the same height and then it pops up in bright colors and and then it goes back down to the same height it was hmm. so he said well this is my life, nothing exciting happening, too much repression of free spirits. But then the hippie movement came along, and that's where huh. every, he was able to stand up. He wasn't in a tunnel anymore, and he had the bright, and then things turned back, so he went back to his lower hmm. life. And because of the hippie memorial, and really I had nothing to do with the wall dogs, but the wall dog murals oh, yeah. were a great addition to our cola. Uh, and so after they were done, we had a chamber of commerce had an exchange with Monticello uh, to have some of their chamber members come to Arcola and tell us what they liked about Arcola. And we went to Monticello and said what we liked about theirs. Well, one of the things they liked about Arcola is they said, well, we don't have any public art in Monticello. And yet you've got these wall dogs, you got this hippie memorial. So that's when... At least I personally decided, well, we need more public art. So I've been good friends with the Wanamakers, who Joni uh, Wanamaker is a Grell uh, granddaughter. So we had always been talked about uh, getting a Raggedy Ann and Andy statue in Arcola. So we were able to go to a fundraiser and get a sculptor, a guy named Jerry McKenna, who went to Notre Dame, was in my brother's class, but I knew him also. And he he did the Raggedy Ann and Andy sculpture, and it was got to find acclaim, and it'll get people pulling off the interstate just to see it. And there mm -hmm. still is a, a Raggedy Ann and Andy uh, gathering of people who really <laughs> cherish Raggedy Ann and Andy and uh, collect, and they get together and trade things around. And then uh, I thought we'd have something for the broom corn industry, and the history of broom corn is that. It's not 100%, but it, Ben Franklin is generally credited with uh, bringing broom corn to the United States. So I decided that to have the same sculptor, Jerry McKenna, uh, create a, a statue of Ben Franklin holding a broom and kind of thinking how great it would be for some community to adopt, <laughs> become the broom corn capital of the world, which is what well, we were until we quit growing broom corn around <laughs> here. Uh, the very expensive crop to harvest it, and it's all done in Mexico now and other countries, but Mexico is the major producer of broom corn. 
So after the success with uh, Ben Franklin, and actually a little bit before that with Raggedy Ann's success, we remembered the uh, fiberglass cows in Chicago, how they were a tourist attraction in themselves. So we're thinking, well, maybe we could have fiberglass brooms. So that was the next public art project. So we have 15 uh, brightly colored, decorated, oversized, like seven foot tall brooms in downtown Arcola. Uh, And they have slogans like uh, Lincoln swept here and (laughs) a picture, beautiful picture of our Carnegie library. It says, read them and sweep. So there are 15 of those. And uh, they've been a big success. And we take them down in the winter and put brightly colored fiberglass candy canes up to replace them. So um, so that that kind of got us up to date. And we, we do consider ourselves the public uh, art capital of central Illinois. I mean, no one, especially a town our size, has uh, public art like we have. No one really has industrial park like we have either. So a couple of things we are proud of. And uh, our TIF district is going to expire soon, but uh, we've had great success with our TIF district. So, For a town the size of Arcola, you do, you do have wonderful employment opportunities there and really a lot of tourism there to bring people in. We had yeah. uh, I had James Aikman in last week. He's going to be the guest uh, this coming yeah. Thursday, and I know that James has you know been responsible for bringing in a lot of a lot of interest in this area. You know, when you have the only only drive through wildlife park a few miles from from Arcola, that's another um, another uh, addition. So that's just all that all those things are so exciting. Well, that Amish and Turkey Center is making progress, too. Absolutely. It's got a good start, and one of these days they'll have a nice museum out there yeah. to go with it. Because yep. they used to have a smaller version here in Arcola. It drew quite a few busloads. And so I think And the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, my brother Tim is very active. Like 10 years ago, it was to be one of the first schools to and it raised seven hundred fifty thousand of private money to donate to the school to uh, get iPads for every student, and not only the iPads, but the systems that go with it, and the things the teachers right. needed to uh, be able to get the use of the iPad. So, uh, so we've been well ahead of the curve on technology for our students. Well, that's wonderful. Um, I know that there's a sizable um, Mexican population there. I had the mayor on. The mayor, uh, Mayor Garza, was on a few weeks ago, and yeah. I enjoyed speaking with him. Learned a lot. I learned a lot from everybody. But um, I just, I'm just there's just something about Arcola, amazing Arcola. I'm, I've heard that you kind of coined that phrase. Would you? How, how did that come about? Was did you have a few beers before that came about, or was that just one of those things? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I saw I, I saw a car. It was really like a red, bright red Corvette or a car like that, big money. But anyway, the license plate was amazing. I thought, God, that is really a good word because if <laughs> it can mean a whole bunch of different things. So sure. I thought, well, that goes real well with our coal. And I was uh, president of the chamber at the time, so I started using it. And basically, since that was like 30 years ago, it's pretty well 
caught on and we are considered amazing arco and we use it on our a lot of our advertising and uh, and people when they write letters in the editor there so if something good happens they reiterate the amazing arcola so hmm. I think it's just perfect name for us. Oh, I do too, Pat. I really do. And and the whole reason I started this podcast was to um, highlight the reasons people need to get off of the interstate and see places like Amazing Arcola. It's not just not just a little pit stop to stop it and get fast food, but there is just so much to see there and so many wonderful people. And Stacy and I went to the new bakery there on uh, Main Street the other day and that was a that was a great yeah. experience too. I mean, I just think it's wonderful that you know that there are so many hardworking uh, Im- immigrants there, people that come in and 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 have made their own businesses that have their start their restaurants and their grocery. They have a you know Hispanic food grocery store now, and I think that you know why not, that's what you yeah. need when you have such a, li- a large population to that when you when before they had to drive to Chicago to get those things years ago. So. I don't think most communities realize, but I, I, I believe, uh, I don't think most communities understand what a, what a great blessing it is to have. Really, we have three cultures, the, what the Amish call us, the English. We have the uh, Mennonite Amish culture, and then we have the Hispanic culture. Mm-hmm. So we have a mix of three cultures. Uh, there's, no, <laughs> there's no real minority. Everyone's equal and everyone gets along and it's just uh, a real asset. And that's why when I look at some of these census numbers uh, printed in uh, champagne paper, the average age of our cola is like 10 years younger than, than most of the other towns uh, that would be comparable to us, mm. mainly because we were getting a lot of young families for the jobs and the schools to move to our cola. So, yeah. And I love that I love that they don't just come there and work, but they make their they make their place. They're they're putting their stamp on the town and and being um, making positive changes and being progressive. I think that's that's extremely important to the, to the town and yeah, helping correct. it grow. What's helping you grow? Now the big thing, the big thing that I I hope you will enlighten us all about is the corn palace. Could you tell us about the corn palace? <laughs> I'm so excited to hear about this. When I first heard about it, I mean, and I've had people ask me, what exactly is a corn palace? What's it made of? And uh, I said, I don't know, but I'm going to get the man on there that can give us all those details. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we're going to have a city council meeting tonight just to um, take uh, almost the final step. Uh, we've certainly raised the money now, and we certainly have the city is going to donate uh, a lot to us. And that was kind of the origin of it. We had a, a fine old building called the Metropolitan Building, which was really, when it was built, it was kind of a famous building because it was a block long and it was all one building. Mm. Uh, and it it uh, had some structural problems, and even though some of us wanted to save it, it wasn't saved. And so for a couple of years, we've had a big empty lot in our downtown, right in our downtown. So I tossed around some ideas and thinking, well, I looked up information about the Mitchell, South Dakota Corn Palace. 
and it draws, it's on an interstate. It's a town of 15,000 people, so it's bigger than Arcola, but it's much more out in the, <laughs> in the boonies, as they say, um, than Arcola is. So they're not really, they're about five hours from St. Paul uh, in Minneapolis. So, uh, so I wonder how do they draw 500,000 people to get off the interstate? And, that, and they just come, they get off and they drive through town and they look at the palace. And then the average day is like 45 minutes. So they may go in and there's a gift shop in there, but they also have a gymnasium. So it's not really a tourist attraction itself. The, mm-hmm. And the reason they call it a corn palace, it, first of all, in the 1890s to 1920s, a lot of towns put up palaces. Arcola put up a broomcorn palace in 1898 hmm. for its harvest festival. They put this huge structure, very similar to the size this uh, uh, current palace will be, uh, 45 feet by 45 feet by two stories plus a roof to walk around on. They would put it up and and uh, leave it up for five days, and then they would take it down. Hmm. Well, what we're going to do is have a permanent broom palace, and we. We thought originally of the, called a broomcorn palace, but then the practical problems with figuring out how to make a palace out of broomcorn. They basically, in 1898, they just built a plywood palace and stapled broomcorn on the outside of it. Mm. And the broom palace and or the corn palace in Mitchell just has corn kernels put into different uh, murals on the side of it, so it's not built from corn either but they have corn kernels in in murals outside hmm. so um we do have libman here the blessing to have such a major employer here the libman company manufacturer of cleaning tools they have about 750 800 uh, employees and uh, my dad helped get them to move to arcola and they've hmm. been good citizens ever since then and uh one thing that people t- that are familiar with palaces have told me, is well, you, you have to have something in the palace. You can't just build a palace. Mm-hmm. So, the, of course, the uh, natural thing to do would be to talk to the Libman Company and see if they would be interested in opening a, a broom uh, cleaning tool uh, outlet store or just a retail store in the palace, which they were happy to do hmm. and uh, help with a donation also to get the palace built. So... And then we're going to have a movie that my brothers are going to is working on to um, kind of give the history of broom corn because no, very few people know people around here know what broom corn is, but mm-hmm. most people don't know what you ask them what's on the end of a broom they are lost. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll be able to enlighten them as to <laughs> what all goes into the making of a real broom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think they'll start construction yet this year. And I think it'll be done by Broomcorn Festival next year. And uh, we have a museum, a back-in-time museum, that had a, a nice uh, place downtown that also had structural problems. Mm-hmm. So they closed it and uh, sold the building. And um, they're going to have a possibility of putting their museum on the second floor of the uh, Broom Palace. So, um so it, it'll just be it'll be full when it's uh, close to when it's open. So we'll put some craft brooms. We have a craft broom 
competition at the Broom Corn Festival every year, and there may be 150 craft broomers in the U.S. And they, some of their creations are just unbelievable. Uh, that you know, they may take two days to make a broom. So, oh, I did uh, not instead of the flick them out. So we'll have some of those on display in the palace also. Wow! Wow! Um, I know Matt Toon. I grew up in Matt Toon, and in their history, back in the early 1900s, they would put up a corn palace at their yeah. broom at their street fairs. I dread about that. I wasn't there, of course, but um, heard about it. But how exciting <laughs> to think that 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 this could be done next year! And my goodness, the crowd you will draw. Um, in addition to the ordinary crowd you would have for Broom Corn Festival, the the intention that 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 in itself will will garner. Because um, my booth there again, I could see I, I could always see the Metropolitan Building from where I where I sat at, at the festival for the three days, and then when it was you know when it started to fall down, it was just very sad and depressing. But then again, you think, okay, it's the old one door. One door closes, another one opens, and it looks like this is a huge opportunity and huge yeah. opening for our cola. What a great thing. How exciting. Yeah, I've talked to a lot of people about it, and I think that no one is, is against it. Everyone realizes that we need something. We need. We, we would appreciate more tourists coming to town and the city and the Arcola Foundation and the, really the good citizens of Arcola are, are really helping out. So it's been uh, fun to get, help them get organized and get a contractor at Graber's is going to be building the palace. So oh, okay. excited about getting them going too. Well, you know what? The And the other thing is, is that you, there's, I talked about getting people off the interstate, but I don't want them to just get off the interstate. I don't want them to stay. You know, they could they could spend a weekend. You got the beautiful Best Western Conference Center you have out there and other places to stay. But, you know, there's they could be there, be very comfortable and spend a weekend and go to, they can go to Aikman's. They can go to the Illinois Amish Heritage Center. They can visit um you know the Broomtown Cafe and all all the different places you have in town. And uh, last week, my guest was Catherine uh, Ruder, who has a bison farm, bison ranch over by Villa Grove. I mean, there's a whole weekend that people can uh, just not not go forty mm-hmm. miles and uh, see an amazing, amazing uh, opportunities, and not just in amazing Arcola, but the area surrounding. So, I'm so excited for you guys. I'm excited to be here and to have you here and talk about it. You know, uh, of course, so when I was president of the chamber, you know, we were promoting basically our, our Amish uh, link. And, uh, uh, you know, Lancaster, Pennsylvania is one of the top 10 tourist attractions in the United States, hmm. uh, drawing about 10 million visitors a year. So I would say, well, our Amish are just as good as their Amish. So. <laughs> We should be getting a fair share of them. So um, there was at one time uh, maybe a competition with like Arcola and Arthur. We maybe we thought we were only getting a hundred people hmm. to visit this weekend, and then we realized if we work together and get a thousand people to come, mm-hmm. we don't need to worry about who gets five more visitors than the other guy. So I think that attitude is prevailing now in Tuscola and Sullivan and. Uh, are c- getting aboard also, so trying to work together to build the total number and the length of the stay to our area. 
That's 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 very important. I do believe. Um, I just think this the sense of community is, is spreading, and people not having their uh, not being so cloistered in their own little their own little spot, but opening and embracing neighboring communities. You know, so uh, that's just wonderful, uh, Pat. I'm so so excited that um, I took a chance and and contacted your son, and he said, "Oh no, you want to talk to my dad." <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. <laughs> he probably said you want to listen to my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's the best thing. That's the that's the highlight of having you here. Nobody comes here to hear me. They come here to hear hear, hear the guests. And you're you're a great one. Well, I, um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about about Arcola? Any more plans in the future? And I can't imagine anything bigger coming up. Well, just just briefly. Uh, no, I, I appreciate the opportunity to tell you all these great things about Arcola and what's going to get even greater. I did want to mention that uh, one thing also that's helped the uh, Lawn Rangers is um, Dave Barry. I wrote him uh, probably, well, it was 30 years ago, really, and I invited him to march with us, and he, he had some interest in it. And... Uh, I would call down there and you talk to a secretary. He seemed like he was never there. And so I began to wonder if he was like a real funny guy in writing, but it was kind of an iconoclast. Like, so one day the secretary said, oh, he's here. You want to talk to him? So I said, sure, because he'd already committed to come to the Broomcorn Festival and march with the Rangers. And I said, well, you know, you're welcome to stay at our house or we do have a motel here in town. He said, uh, well, I always travel with my sheep, so I better stay at the motel. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I knew, I knew then he was not a <laughs> funny guy in person, and and in writing. so I think he'll be back this uh, this next Broomcorn Festival. Oh, how exciting! How exciting! Like I said, the, just the energy yeah. along the parade route, seeing the you can when they're before they even appear in front of in front of me, I can hear the crowd, you know, down the road. Their fame precedes them, and you can just hear hear them coming and hear the the happiness that they bring forth. And um, yeah, oh, that's true. That's here, here's kind of what I say say about what the appeal of the Rangers is. Of course, parades have bands, which everyone appreciates. They have queens, which everyone appreciates. But <laughs> after you see seven or eight bands and 10 to 15 queens, they they all start looking alike. Well, then you see these guys, like you say, making, having a lot of fun walking down the street, pretending like they're important <laughs> and you're just enjoying themselves. And, uh, that I think that's the appeal of the Rangers. So, <laughs> and uh, just... Next time you're at your booth, the chant is, here come the Rangers, not here comes the deranged. <laughs> I don't know. I think it could be 50-50. <laughs> but the the appeal, they, they cut across such a wide swath of people. You know, everybody from the oldest people in the crowd to the youngest people in the crowd, the babies, people in strollers. Just the energy and the happiness, and that's mm -hmm. just you know it, it, it. You can for a short time forget all the troubles that exist in the world when you, when they can bring that kind of joy and everybody's united. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, very good, Wendy. Well, Pat, thank you for being here. Um, uh, we could probably talk for another hour. Maybe you'll come back someday. Maybe next year before we before before the, the Broomcorn Festival. Yeah, perhaps. I always like to talk about our cola. So okay, that would be great. Um, but just if you could come back and talk to us again sometime, uh, I it's a pleasure to meet you. Just even through the screen. And uh, can I say one more thing? Sure. I just wanted to thank. Really, as I mentioned before, this these uh, things in Arcola wouldn't be possible without really so much help I've had. I just couldn't name them all. Hmm. But I do have to consider my family also helps out whenever. Or, you know, <laughs> Kevin is uh, quite active, and he has uh, seven brothers and sisters, and uh, they all support anything Arcola that we're working on. So, And plus, so many great community members that – grew up with or grown to know since they've been here because I've been here a long time. <laughs> so thank you for the opportunity that I, I'll get maybe getting that kissing booth line next, next year. We'll move you to the front. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Pat. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pat. And thanks to my listeners for stopping by today. This is life on the Illinois Prairie. And thanks to my guests, Pat Monahan and everyone, please be kind. Thanks for listening to Life on the Illinois Prairie, the undercurrents of our American life. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to Life on the Illinois Prairie wherever you get your podcast. Stay tuned for more stories, interviews, and updates. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter. Until next time. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.